episode number 224 of the Emotionally Equipped for Life podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. I am on a mission to get people emotionally equipped. I created two powerful tools that are a totally new approach to mindfulness. I'm the author of two award-winning books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on my tools, which guide you to feel calm, in control, and empowered in your life and in your relationships. You can learn more about these books and more by heading over to my website, shiragura.com. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So thank you to those of you who commented on last week's episode, where I shared a story about an interaction I had with my mom. Apparently, it resonated with many of you, and I'm grateful to be able to continue sharing stories that are so relatable and also hopefully inspiring for your lives. So this week's episode has nothing to do with anybody else but myself, because guess what? Not only can you get stuck on other people, you can also get stuck on things you do yourself. And I got stuck this week inside of a yoga studio during a yoga class of all places. So I guess I should give you the backstory. So when I was in graduate school in Boston, on a whim, I decided to register for a yoga class. In fact, I decided to audit the class knowing I didn't really need to sign up for any kind of exercise class as a graduate student, and I wasn't even sure that I would like it, and I feared that if I didn't like the class and I stopped showing up, it would somehow show up on my record, and so I chose to audit the class. So I go into this class on the first day, and I'm like, I don't know, 25 years old or something like that, and I notice I'm like far older than the other students who all seem to be like 18 years old, but it didn't matter. I got myself a mat and I sat down and I waited for the teacher, whose name was Barbara, to start the class. And I started doing what she said. In the beginning, I was kind of like, what's the big hype about yoga? But slowly over time, I started to feel something. I noticed how conscious I was becoming, like of my breath. And actually, every move that I was making, I realized how deliberate I was with literally every step I was taking. And by the time I walked out of that 90 minute class, I remember feeling like jelly. Now, I had no idea at the time walking into that class, how much stress I was carrying in my life. I never in my life considered myself an anxious person. No one has ever described me as an anxious person. And yet I walked out feeling for the first time in my life, totally calm. I felt like what it probably feels like when you take a drug that calms you. And it was in that moment that I declared to myself that I am not going to miss one yoga class this entire semester. And I also declared to myself that one day I'm going to become a yoga teacher and bring this to the world. I really didn't understand how it was possible that I had lived 25 years and never knew about yoga. I became a dedicated student of Barbara's. In fact, she really loved me specifically because I was auditing her class, which on the first day, she said that she typically doesn't allow, 
because she knows what happens. People just drop off. But I didn't do that. I would arrive early. I would speak to her after class, and we actually became friends. Not only did I enroll in that class in the first semester of my graduate program, I enrolled in every semester during the two years of my graduate degree in occupational therapy. And what came about from studying with Barbara is that I not only attended class religiously once a week, but I really embodied the practice on a daily basis and even multiple time a day basis. I was doing yoga on my own in the morning before I would take the tea to go to classes. I would roll out my mat before dinner and before going to bed. I would find myself shifting my posture while at school. I would do breathing exercises in the middle of like dissecting a cadaver. It just became a part of my life. Because yoga was much more than a physical practice for me. It wasn't just about flexibility or balance or strength. It was so much more than that. It was about consciousness. It was about a keen sense of awareness that I never had in my life prior. And unless you've been involved with some sort of mind-body practice before, you may not be able to appreciate at all what I'm talking about. So you may just need to take a leap of faith with me here and believe me that this was something that I just never knew even existed before. This feeling, this like sense of being. You know, they say that yoga really begins once you step off the mat, not when you step on the mat. And I really, really internalized that message. That is, it wasn't how well you moved your body, and it wasn't about if you could do a headstand or how long you could stand on one leg. It wasn't about that at all. The practice is something so much deeper than that. Again, it's the consciousness that you can't even describe in words. And I just started living it, and Barbara saw that, and she invited me to the Meditation Society, where I learned all about meditation for the first time in my life, and that just deepened my love and appreciation for yoga. And so here I am studying with Barbara for two years, and at the end of that period, I decided I wanted to take a teacher training course, which I did, because it was clear to me, as I mentioned earlier, that I wanted to help bring this to the world. I wanted everyone to know the feeling that I felt on a regular basis. I didn't want anyone in the world to feel emotional suffering or stress or anxiety or anything else when it was clear to me that you could create other feelings for yourself. While I was working as an occupational therapist, I was also going through my yoga teacher certification course. And I'll never forget when I was working in an acute rehab hospital outside of San Francisco, where I worked with people who had strokes and spinal cord injuries and traumatic brain injuries. And my days started really, really early, like before seven o'clock in the morning, because that's when a lot of my patients would wake up and start their therapy. And by the time it was lunchtime and I had a half hour break, I would feel physically and emotionally exhausted. And I'll never forget what I chose to do. I started to go into the therapy room and lock the door and close the lights and roll out my yoga mat and practice yoga for about 20 minutes. It was just the right amount of time to just bring me back to center and relax me and give me enough energy for the rest of the day. And I would still have 10 minutes to eat my lunch, which really was plenty of time. 
It only took me a week or two into that job that I realized I did not need to sit in the cafeteria with all of my colleagues for that full 30 minutes, and that I would rather spend the time focusing inwards. So that was just another taste of how I lived and breathed yoga. I I really, really did. And then once I got my yoga teacher certification, I actually opened a small business in San Francisco where I brought yoga to high-tech companies and to law offices. It was such a wonderful time of my life. I'll never forget it. So I would go into these companies and I would turn their conference rooms into yoga studios. And I would offer like a 45-minute class at either noontime or at the end of work. I worked for like four or five companies and it was just perfect for me. It was really a beautiful combination of occupational therapy and yoga. And I couldn't have been happier. And then I got pregnant. And I worked through my pregnancy, but then when my daughter was born, I stopped. And then my husband and I moved to New Jersey. And in addition to being a stay-at-home mom, I taught yoga on the side, which was wonderful. And I found a new teacher for myself whose name was Joanna, and I was happy. And we lived in New Jersey for like seven years. And I would say that I became known as one of the yoga teachers in the city that I lived in for sure. I taught at two different health clubs, and I even helped get yoga started at the local community center. And yoga was really my passion. It was just something that I knew would be a part of me forever. And then we moved to Israel. And that's where everything started to kind of shift for me. Even though I came to Israel with this dream of like creating a international yoga retreat center, things didn't really unfold for me in that direction. You know, it was like needing to acclimate to a new country and needing to learn to speak Hebrew proficiently and get my kids situated in this new culture. It was hard and I had plenty to do. And we landed in a beautiful community that was like the size of an ant in comparison to the city we had just left. There were about 11 families when we arrived at this community because it was being renewed. And suffice it to say, there was no yoga teacher for me and there was no yoga. But I still decided that I was going to teach yoga, even though there were so few people. I didn't really care how many people would show up. I just wanted to keep up my practice. And so I did that for several years. And then, of course, COVID came along And I continued teaching to the best of my ability until I was forced to teach outside on the basketball court. And at that point, when even that wasn't allowed, I just stopped. But not only did I stop teaching yoga, I kind of stopped practicing yoga. And I can't even tell you why. Maybe it was because we were in lockdown and that was certainly hard enough. Maybe it was because it was hard to balance work and kids that were at home and self-care. I don't know. But all I know is that my yoga practice just dropped. And I honestly didn't think too much about it. In fact, someone else in my community, a friend of mine, had gotten her yoga certification during that time. And I was more than happy for her to start teaching, meaning she would be the yoga teacher in our community, which meant well, all of my students basically went over to her and I was totally happy for her. Okay, so that's the backstory. So what happened last week was this. I went to visit one of my aunts. Her name is Dina and I consider Dina to be one of my teachers in my life. She is a teacher to me in the sense of this consciousness that I was speaking to you about earlier. 
She simply exudes consciousness. She is calm and she is present and she is very unstuck. And she happens to practice meditation and she happens to be a yoga teacher and she happens to have a yoga studio in her home. So I went out to visit her one day last week with my kids and we ended up sleeping over without knowing that she had a yoga class scheduled the following morning. And so when she invited me to take the class, of course, I was all for it. Dina's yoga class truly reflects her personality. The class is quite slow and it's mindful and it's gentle and it's joyful. It's not fast and flowy like the kind of yoga I used to practice. It's much slower. In fact, even though her style is not necessarily meant for an older crowd, that's kind of what it would appear to look like from the outside. And so I'm on my mat, ready to take the first yoga class that I've taken in years, and I start tearing up. I start crying from gratitude for this opportunity to be taking a yoga class with Dina and appreciation for Dina in my life as she is an amazing individual beyond words. And I start crying because I noticed I was stuck on self-resentment that I let my practice go for so long. The thoughts really started coming when Dina told us the next pose was going to be this forward fold and I couldn't even touch my toes, which for me is a pretty big thing because when I usually am in my yoga practice, that's something I usually can do. So I started thinking to myself, how did you let something go that was so good for you? I was thinking like you found a hidden treasure and you just let it go. How and why did you do that? And the tears were like falling down the side of my face. The yoga studio was dimly lit, so I don't think anyone saw. And the truth is, I wasn't even afraid if someone would see me. I was not embarrassed. I was just feeling an emotion. And that's what humans do, unless they try to resist them, which I aim in my life not to do. If I feel like crying, I let myself cry. I just do my best to keep moving through the steps of my tools and not stay stuck in that emotion. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't want to feel stuck the entire yoga class. I didn't want to miss being in that experience. So I walked myself through the unstuck method. By this time, I had already taken a stop by taking a breath. And I told myself I was stuck on resentment, which is the tell step. And I let myself feel that emotion through by crying. So I was already ready to you uncover. And this is what I uncovered, that I believed... I shouldn't have given up this practice. I made a mistake by doing so. I'm stupid for letting it go. I won't be able to get back into it. I don't appreciate things. Those were my thoughts. But when I looked into those thoughts and I really investigated them, I realized that none of them were really true. I'm not stupid and life got busy and what happened happened. That's it. It's not going to help me to be mad at myself for something that happened in the past. That certainly is not going to help me move forward. So see, what else can I consider? And the first thing that came to mind, which is the consideration I ended up taking on was, I can consider falling forward. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, I don't like the word failure. And I don't like to use the word failure because I don't really believe that if you don't succeed at something, it's a failure. 
I simply see it as falling off the path, which, by the way, is normal. I have never met a person who has created a path for themselves and stayed on it forever without falling off. So when you know that falling off is part of the process of living life, it kind of enables you to be a bit more self-compassionate about whatever it is you're working on or whatever it is you're looking to create in your life. And when you are a bit more self-compassionate, you're a bit more kind to yourself, which is something I think we all need to be. And you realize it's not such a big deal. Like, I fell off. It happens. No big deal. I'll start over again. To me, not being on a path to begin with, that's the problem. Like, not having a path at all. But falling off and then getting back on so that you continue to move forward, that's simply part of the process. That's not a problem at all, unless you make it a problem. In fact, each time you fall, I think, it's an opportunity to learn from it. You learn from the feedback that you receive. So, for example, I haven't done yoga in quite a while. My body gave me the feedback that I needed to hear. Both that my body was terribly stiff and it was in need of some TLC. And it was also a wake-up reminder call that the yoga that I discovered for myself like 25 years ago was a treasure. But it wasn't something that you do for a while and then throw out the window because you feel like you don't need it anymore. It's the complete opposite. Just like the tools I teach, yoga is a lifetime practice. And it was that feedback that got me back on the mat. And so when people ask me, you know, what should I do? I totally messed up today. Or they say, you know, I had a horrible couple of days, I'm such a failure. I help them separate the facts from the story. You realize facts are facts. You know, you didn't do what you intended, or you didn't show up as you committed. But that's it. That's the end of the story. In fact, there is no story other than the one you're telling yourself. And so instead of staying in this mentality of failure, you can consider other perspectives like, learning from falling off and starting over right now in this moment, right? You're like, you can consider it's no big deal. You can consider that failure is actually a part of the process because you're not an angel and there is no such thing as perfection. The only thing that's perfect in this world is actually imperfection. And from that place, you can get yourself back up and going Realizing that failure is actually a part of the equation of any journey that you go on. It's actually something to expect. The bottom line is, you get to determine what is considered a failure in your life and what is not. Other people can have opinions, but you are the one who ultimately decides what you think about any situation in your life. It might seem hard at first, but that's only because you're used to thinking certain ways. Once you practice unlearning the way you used to think about things and start practicing new ways of perceiving things, the truth is, is actually kind of easy. You know, there's a phrase that says you can't change your past, but the truth of the matter is you actually can change your past and you can do that by changing the way that you think about it, right? You could say today was a total failure or you can change your past simply to You know, today happened for a reason. I let my anxiety or whatever emotion you want to put in there get the better of me. And I can see how that led to my decisions. And instead of being upset about it, 
I'm going to see what I can take from this experience and move forward. You can do this, by the way, for any and every situation in your past, even going way back to your childhood. You can change your past by changing your thoughts about it and then fall forward. Keep moving along. Like, don't dramatize the situation. Determine who it is you want to be and keep moving forward. So in my situation, I want to be a yogini. I want to be someone who's committed to practicing yoga. And so that same day, I went on Amazon and bought myself a yoga mat, a new fresh one that I can bring back with me to Israel. And ever since that day, I've gotten on the yoga mat at least once. And I feel like I'm coming home, home to my heart, home to myself. And by the way, what's really interesting is that the yoga practice that I'm doing now is actually a little different from where I left off a couple of years ago. It's slower. It's a little bit more deliberate. I'm holding the poses longer. I'm breathing through the difficult poses and it feels great and it feels right. And I actually can't wait to get back home because I have a feeling I'm going to get my classes back up and running for which I'm really excited about. So my friends, where in your life have you maybe felt a sense of failure, whether that's recent or it's in the past? And instead of looking at it as a failure, where can you look at it as an opportunity to fall forward? In fact, even in this process of falling forward, where can you consider getting clear so as to hopefully avoid getting stuck in the first place? I would love to hear from you if you do this. You can drop a note for me on my website or comment on the post on Facebook or Instagram, or you can leave me an iTunes review. However it is that you want to be in touch with me, it would be great to hear from you. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting emotionally equipped with you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you have to check out the Emotionally Equipped Journey, my six-week course where you study my tools in depth with me so that you can start creating real changes in your life. This course is totally different than reading my books or listening to my podcast, as they offer you the opportunity to start applying the tools to actual stuck spots in your own life. And this is where the real change begins. And what's best is when you complete the six-week course, you are invited to join my inner circle, where you receive weekly support, motivation, and inspiration with making these tools a lifelong mindfulness practice. Head over to my website, shiragora.com for more information. I look forward to starting this journey with you.